1029 The Mater presents In the Red Zone with Rob Witham. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Massey, Wood, and West and by the Sports Page Grill in downtown Ashland. Monday evening, everybody. Come on in to Sports Page Grill Ashland. We are live and in the red zone on this Monday on 1029 The Mater, 102.9 FM, 1430 AM, live on the TuneIn Radio app on Radio R A D I A L L. And of course, at the link every Monday night at the top of the page at HanoverCountySports.net, part of the RBA Sports Network. Rob Witham, happy to be with you. It has been an incredibly busy week, especially right here in the center of the universe. And we will begin in the red zone tonight with Randolph Macon. There is a ton of news to talk about, beginning with baseball, as the Yellow Jackets clinch another Old Dominion Athletic Conference regular season championship on Saturday. Saturday afternoon while we were over at senior day at lacrosse which we'll talk about that in just a moment baseball took care of business a close win in game one over washington and lee and then a blowout win in game number two clinching the yellow jackets now back-to-back regular season odac championships that means a couple of things number one they are the number one seed for the ODAC tournament, and you'll recall last year the conference changed their tournament format to a two-week affair to kind of mimic a little bit what the NCAA tournament is like. So weekend one coming up this Friday and Saturday, Randolph-Macon is the number one seed, will host the number eight seed Eastern Mennonite. First game will be on Friday afternoon. Second game will be Saturday at 12 noon. And if they split them, there'll be a winner-take-all game three 30 minutes after the conclusion of game two later on Saturday. Now, already we've looked at the forecast and we already know that weather could play a possible factor both on Friday and Saturday, and that happened with the softball team down in Salem over the weekend. We'll mention that in a moment as well. Uh, But right now, that's the way things look. A Friday afternoon affair for game one, Saturday at noon for game two, winner take all if necessary following that. Now, Eastern Mennonite, Randolph Macon, they split a doubleheader in their regular season ODAC encounter. Yellow Jackets come in 16-5-1 overall in the conference, 22-8-1 overall, but that will not be their overall record when they play on Friday because they still have one regular season game left to go, and there's news on that tonight as Randolph-Macon and Christopher Newport, due to some class scheduling conflicts, have moved their scheduled Tuesday afternoon game here in Ashland at the Hue to Wednesday afternoon. First pitch now in a top 25 matchup. Captains currently ranked fifth in the nation, Division Three. Randolph-Macon ranked 20th, and they will now do battle on Wednesday afternoon. First pitch, 3.30. Weather looks clear and nice uh, for that one. So that'll be a, an incredibly good tune-up for Randolph-Macon. And then 48 hours later, they'll turn around and get going. In the Old Dominion Athletic Conference Tournament, we want to congratulate and give a shout-out to Kevin Prophet and the Randolph-Macon softball team who had a phenomenal weekend in Salem, which was delayed due to weather, got going Friday night rather than Friday afternoon afternoon won the winner's bracket handed Virginia Wesleyan the number one team in the country their second defeat by the Yellow Jackets this season on their way to winning the winner winner's bracket final over Lynchburg Saturday night it put them into the championship round Sunday where of course the Marlins came out of the elimination bracket, so they had to beat the Yellow Jackets twice, and they got a 4 nothing win on Sunday, and then this morning in the winner-take-all final, it was 8-2. The Marlins get the win, so Virginia Wesleyan repeats his ODAC tournament champion 
champions. Randolph Macon at 26 and 14. Very kind of interesting, quirky, weird season for them. They've had some some bad losses, but they've had some fantastic wins. They have beaten Virginia Wesleyan twice when they were ranked number one. They beat Christopher Newport once when they were ranked number one after they took Virginia Wesleyan down and took over the number one spot nationally in Division Three. But does the 26 and 14 record? Uh, hand them an at-large bid in the NCAA tournament. We're going to have to wait one full week to find out. Tournament field for Division Three softball will be announced one week from today at 1 p.m. And if the Yellow Jackets can make it, it would make it one, two, three, four appearances for them since 2015. And, of course, they hosted a regional uh, just a couple of years ago. And before we wrap up segment one tonight, we've got to talk about Saturday's senior day at Randolph-Macon lacrosse. You have two coaches, both of which have been here with us in the red zone uh, prior to the start of the season. And M.K. Jaratowski, the women's coach, and J.B. Sheridan in his ninth season, the men's coach, where they have been kind of chipping at the rocks, so to speak, over and over again, trying to finally climb the mountain. The women first. Going into Saturday's Senior Day matchup against Shenandoah, and the winner gets the number two seed and the bye out of the ODAC Tournament quarterfinals straight to Saturday's semifinals in Lexington. That is something that the senior class of Randolph-Macon had done each of the last three years. And after the match, talking to Hannah Jones and Saunders Riley following the match, and we'll talk about how that unfolded in a second, uh, they, they told the underclassmen, they said, we've never not been the number two seed. We don't play ODAC quarterfinals. We're going to go out and win this game, so let's go. And they had a 6-2 lead, and then they watched it evaporate when Shenandoah, even a person down, they were shorthanded on a penalty, and they get a turnover, and they score two goals, part of a 4 nothing run. And the next thing you know, Shenandoah leads 8-7. to And now here comes Hannah Jones off a draw control. Ten seconds after they took the lead, she ties it up. That's what your senior leader, your leading scorer, your co-captain does. Shenandoah answers, and then it was Saunders Riley's turn. Another senior, one of six. She scores the game-tying goal. And off the free position, which was uh, it was a nightmare for Randolph making Saturday and free position. They struggled all day, but when they needed one the most, Saunders delivered, and they held on to beat Shenandoah 10-9 in a thrilling senior day win. They get that two seed, so they go straight to Washington and Lee and will await the winner of the 3-6 matchup in the quarterfinals, which will be on Wednesday. Virginia Wesleyan will go to Roanoke. Roanoke, if they win, it would be a rematch of a 16-15 win for Randolph-Macon back on March 30th right over here at Day Field. As for the men, what a send-off for the 11 seniors. They score one goal for each of them in the first half, 11-1 uh, to one by halftime, and a 19-2 win over Virginia Wesleyan to extend their single-season record for most victories in a season. Entering this season, they had won 10 on multiple occasions. Well, now they've won 13, and they are the number four seed, and they will host for the first time in seven years an Odell. At quarterfinal tomorrow night, and it'll be a rematch with Roanoke, the team that they defeated two Saturdays ago for only the second time in school history and for the first time since 1972. You know the Maroons will be bent on revenge. You know the Yellow Jackets want to continue to make more history. That's coming up just over 24 hours from now. Get to Dayfield tomorrow night if you can and support the men's lacrosse team. It's going to be an epic battle. If you can't join us live, we will have it online at rmcathletics.com with the first face-off again scheduled for 7 o'clock, ODAC quarterfinal, Randolph-Macon, Roanoke, coming up tomorrow. 
Now, later in the hour, there's a big week of high school sports ahead here in the area, including just announced today a battle between the top two teams in our latest RVA Sports Network Top 10 Baseball Poll just added to their schedule one week from tonight. We'll have all the details coming up later in the hour. But when we come back, been looking forward to this for a long time. We will sit down and have a conversation with the voice of the Richmond Spiders and one of the legends in RVA Sports Broadcasting. Bob Black is with us, and we'll start our conversation with a few facts you may not have known about Mr. Black coming up right after our first time out back in just a second. Live at Sports Page Grill Ashland, you are in the red zone. There's more to come right after this short break. When you need printing, you usually need it yesterday. We Think in Ink can't work that quickly, but close. Let Chuck Stoudemire and the folks at We Think in Ink take your printing project and help make your message stand out. We Think in Ink offers quick turnaround and printing you'll be proud to use. Visit We Think in Ink in Ashland right next to the post office at 305 England Street. Let them suggest ideas for your business cards, letterhead, brochures, or business forms. We Think in Ink in Ashland. Where do you bring the family for sports, great food, and excellent service? Sports Page Grill in Ashland. Walking distance from Randolph-Macon College, Sports Page Ashland features 40 and 55-inch TVs, all high-definition flat screens. Sports Page Ashland has something for everyone on the menu, like their fresh Angus beef burgers or chicken wings, which everyone agrees are the best in town. Kids' night is Wednesday. All kids' meals are served on Frisbees that they can take home. Your family will love the friendliest faces you can find anywhere north of Richmond at Sports Page Grill in Ashland. For nightly specials and more, check them out on Facebook. Sports Page Ashland. I expect it to be a lot easier. I didn't know what step to take next. I was transitioning from the military. I was a vehicle gunner. An avionics specialist. I missed my unit. My family. Playing with my daughter, I felt like a stranger. I didn't have a clear sense of what to do next. And then I thought, if I'm going through this, other veterans have gone through it too, right? So I reached out and I saw that I wasn't alone. Go to maketheconnection.net to learn how other veterans have overcome the challenges of transitioning out of the military. Monday night, Sports Page Grill, Ashland. Glad you're with us here on 1029 The Mater, 102.9 FM, 1430 AM in the red zone. Ah, and I've been looking forward to this one for quite some time. Uh, it has been my honor for almost, God, it's hard to believe I'm about to say this, for the past 20 years to know uh, this next gentleman, our next guest. He uh, has been at the University of Richmond for, well, we'll just say quite some time. And as uh, we noted in our promo that ran all this week, if it's been a major event at the University of Richmond, uh, this gentleman has been a part of it because it's been his voice that has described the action, whether it was uh, the 1984 win over Charles Barkley in Auburn, whether it was the run to the Sweet 16 in both 1988 or 2011 for the Richmond Spiders basketball team, or whether it was just over 10 years ago when Mike London led the Spiders to the national championship in football. It has been Bob Black who has described all the action for you. Bob and I first met when I was able to get somehow snookered into Churchill about 20 years ago. I still don't know how they let this guy in here uh, to, to do work back in the old days of uh, a couple of other radio stations here in the area. And our paths have crossed again recently here in the last year or so, which we'll get into as well. And I've been saying, Bob, need to come up sports page one Monday night. He said, I'm going to do it. And tonight is the night. Bob Black, the voice of the Richmond Spiders with us here in the red zone. Good evening, sir. Good evening, Rob. It is great to come up here. 
here and see you. I was a little worried when you said you were going to reveal facts about Bob Black that were little known. Because I was wondering what I don't know about what myself you that you were going to reveal to your audience. Well, I can, I can assure you, you know these things. Oh, okay. It's because if they're on your bio, then chances are you probably remember. And they're probably correct. They're probably correct. Yeah. Now, little known fact number one. I want to take you all the way back to your college days. Okay. Now, you, you are part of the factory that was... Syracuse University. They obviously are known worldwide for their yep. broadcasting journalism and just the, the array of talent that has come out of that school is just simply unbelievable. Correct. Um, uh, and Present while, company excluded. Somehow, uh, well, somehow, like you at Churchill, I uh, snuck through uh, at Syracuse University. Oh, my so gosh. We have that. Oh, my gosh. So uh, during that time, you were able to get up to Lake Placid, New York, and you were at the 1980 Winter Olympics. I was. And you were covering hockey. One of the most famous sporting events in American history. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm embellishing that. No. Uh, I was at the hockey game when the United States beat the Soviet Union to go to the gold to, medal right. game. I uh, was able to do some reports from the Olympic hockey arena. was out in the village after the game when, you know, there was pandemonium and celebration oh, in the streets yes. of Lake Placid. And, Rob, that was back in the day. When times were a lot simpler and there wasn't as much security right. and there wasn't as much, you know, trepidation over where you were going. So we had great access almost anywhere mm. we wanted to go in that day and time. It was it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. I, I was a little bit worried that the highlight of my broadcasting career <laughs> was going to occur while I was still a student at Syracuse <laughs> University. And, you know, the rest of it was going to be all downhill, fortunately. Thanks to the Richmond Spiders, that has not happened. That has not been the case, exactly. But yeah, you you bring up a great point about that particular that particular Friday, February twenty second, nineteen eighty. That game was played in late afternoon. Yep. It was not live on nope, TV. It was not. And I can distinctly remember turning on the television at eight o'clock that night, and Jim McKay comes on at the beginning of the coverage, and in the background they have a shot of all. All of the people out in the streets of Lake Placid celebrating, and and Jim at that particular point, like he couldn't not, not give say, it away. Yep. You knew what was about to happen, but then you were glued to your television because you knew it was going to happen. You had to see how it was going to unfold. I recorded um, what we call in the business a voicer, mm -hmm. a report, as the game was ending. We were way up in the top of the arena, and it really wasn't all that big of an arena, so you really weren't all that high up uh, that I have to this day. And then I ran back to the Olympic media room, because in those days, no cell phones. Mm -hmm. It was a little bit difficult to send your reports back to your radio stations. You had to use a specialized telephone and special mm -hmm. equipment and wires and, and all of this. And I sent it back to our radio station, and they ran the report, which I'm pretty sure to this day was illegal, that ABC <laughs> owned all broadcast rights until, to your point, yeah. they broadcast the game on ABC. I don't think anybody was really all that concerned that this <laughs> student radio station was running this report. So I do remember that. Wow. I think the statute of limitations has worn off, and I'm not going to get in any trouble <laughs> no. for that report, which I still have. To this day, on a reel-to-reel -reel tape, oh, by yes. the way, Rob. And secondarily, the guy across from me doing the same thing, sending his audio back to his network, which was the old United Press International. Yes. That don't think exists anymore. Didn't I, AP kind of swallow I them think up? so, yeah. I think the guy across from me was a young, budding reporter by the name of Keith Oberman. Oh, my gosh. Working for United Press <laughs> International. Long-haired hippie with glasses. <laughs> 
<laughs> jeans, flannel shirt, just how you'd picture Keith Olbermann today. And we were able to strike up a conversation about the history that we had just watched. Unbelievable. Really cool. And then were you back Sunday for the, the gold medal match? I was not. So the other part of the story is we did go with the student radio station. And in those days, you could get as many press credentials as you wanted. As you wanted. What was tight in Lake Placid, which was a very small ski resort hamlet in upstate New York, mm -hmm. you couldn't get lodging. You could ah. not get a hotel. So my buddy, who was the assistant sports director at the student station, I was the sports director. He was the assistant sports director. His family lived in a town called Potsdam, yeah. New York, which is about 75 miles from Lake Placid. So we uh, bunkered down at his parents' house <laughs> for two solid weeks, and there were for about eight of us. Wow. And we just took turns taking the press passes and going to different events. So I took the press pass for the semifinal game against mm. United, the USSR. Oh. And Bob, my other buddy, Bob, our assistant sports director or somebody, took it for the gold medal game. Wow. You know, but it was awesome. Because literally, Rob, you could stand next to the ski slope, next to the ski jump. I mean, as far as you and I are apart, and you could watch them slalom and come down the hills. It was one of my favorite events to ever cover, not just the hockey game. That's the most memorable. But covering an Olympics, especially oh. back in 1980, when you had virtually all access, was just a phenomenal experience. That's amazing. And it's a shame because of how things have gone to the world that we're in a situation where someone in your position like that, someone in their you know, teens, 20s, going through college could not have an experience. It's yeah. almost impossible to duplicate what yeah. you were able to, to savor at, back in 80. Yeah, I don't think you could. Yeah. And, and fortunately, we had a place to stay because that's literally <laughs> what it hinged on. Once they heard that we didn't need hotel accommodations, we, we were rubber stamped. We were ready to go. Yeah. It, was, it was a phenomenal experience and one of the many highlights, but it's going to be hard to top the uh, Olympic hockey uh, No doubt about it. Now, how does a Philly guy with a Syracuse degree end up in Richmond, Virginia. Well, that's a great story, actually. So when I graduated from Syracuse, I followed another buddy of mine who was working in Portland, Maine. And I went up to Portland, Maine to go work for him at a small radio station doing high school football mm -hmm. and covering, you know, the fire downtown yeah. and the city council meeting oh, yes. and everything I hate, <laughs> everything I hate just to do high school football. So that was in September after my graduating year. And I applied for a position as the play-by-play -play broadcaster of the Richmond Braves, of the AAA Richmond Braves yes. here in Richmond. We had done some minor league games in Syracuse for the student radio station. So I had a tape. I was legit. I got my rejection letter in April, maybe mid-March. Let's call it mid-March. I get a call from another college buddy of mine who was working here in Richmond okay. at the CBS affiliate. You remember, may remember his name, Ivan Schwartz. Definitely. Who was the sports director at Channel 6 here in Richmond. And he said, hey, Bob, I thought you were going to apply for the Braves job. And I said, I did apply for the Braves job. What are you doing to me, Ivan? I got my rejection letter. And he said, no, no, no. The job's back open again. Oh. The guy who took the job was an older gentleman, and he had some heart issues. Oh. And his doctor said, you're not going to be able to travel with your condition. You can't take that job. Hmm. And Ivan found out about it, called me back up there in Portland, Maine, where I was miserable, Rob. <laughs> this, that's where I learned to hate cold weather, because I now hate cold weather. In Syracuse, it never bothered me. It didn't bother me. When I got in the real world, the Portland, Maine, has scraped ice off my car yeah. at 5 in the morning. Five to get there. I hated cold weather. <laughs> he said, call them right now. Call Richard Anderson, the general manager of the Richmond Braves, right now. And I literally hung up the phone. 
I called Richard Anderson. I got him on the phone immediately. He offered the job to me right there on the phone. I asked for $50 more a month than he was willing to pay, and he said, as long as you don't tell the rest of the employees that I just hired at the lower figure, <laughs> I'll give you the 50 bucks. You're going to live in a house trailer right by the ballpark. What a dream, right, Rob? Yeah. As a kid, you always dream about living next to the ballpark. Next to the ballpark. Here I was living next to the ballpark. <laughs> My parents weren't real thrilled with that. Uh, no. But I was as happy as could possibly be, and I literally learned once I got there that Richard was standing at the desk of his secretary bemoaning the fact, what am I going to do for a radio guy? Oh my. The season is two weeks away. And the phone rang, and, and it was yours true. And it's yours true. Wow. What what incredible timing. It's the last piece of good luck I've ever had, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I don't know about I don't that either. now. I know. So you, now you get to Richmond, and you're with the Braves, mm -hmm. and then you connect with the University of Richmond. Through, you talk about legendary broadcasters, oh. Hall of Fame broadcasters. You know where I'm going with this. Yeah. And that's the Frank Soden, the late, yes. great Hall of Fame Frank Soden, who did the color commentary on the Braves on the home games. Yes. He didn't travel on the away games, but he did the home games. And that's where I met Frank. Uh, who was still working at the University of Richmond at the time. And as soon as they had an opening for a play-by-play -play guy, um, he made sure that I got that position as well. So mm. those of you who want to blame the University of Richmond <laughs> for hiring Bob Black, it was really a Hall of Famer, Frank Soden, um, who got that done. And I'm ever, forever grateful uh, to Frank and for the opportunity to work a couple of years before he fully retired with Frank in the broadcast booth is truly one of the highlights of my Richmond career. Oh, no doubt about it. You talk legends in sports broadcasting in Richmond, and Frank Soden is at the top of the list. There is no doubt. He did give me my one nickname, Uh oh. if we have time. That's I, of course. I, so, like I said, I got there with about 10 days to go before the season started. <laughs> and that's people got to understand, you've got to learn the players. You've got to learn everything. The city. I've been to yes. Richmond once or twice when the Syracuse team came, and we were doing the Syracuse broadcast. But that was, you know, you go to the hotel, you go to the ballpark, right. and that's all and you you're see. you're done, yeah. So 10 days, literally, I'm not kidding, I was living in the trailer at the ballpark, so I still wasn't exactly seeing the rest of Central Virginia. No. Our first set of games was on the road. Our first 10 games mm. were on the road. Columbus, Toledo, and Charleston, West Virginia. Oh, yes. So we get back to play the home opener at Parker Field, old Parker Field. Frank and I literally meet as we're going on the air oh my that gosh. first night. So we go through the pregame. And all of that, I'm going to do the first three innings. He does the middle three. I do the last three. He reads the lineups. He goes, now for tonight's game, the new voice of the Richmond Braves, Bob Baker. <laughs> well, Rob, I've heard about the legend of Frank Soden. I'm a rookie. I'm 22, 23 years old. Right, what right. am I going to do? So I don't do anything. No. I just say, thanks, Frank, and go right into the play. Right into play. the game. All right, so now we finish up his three innings, five, six, uh, six four, Five, six, yeah, four, five, and six, mm -hmm. sorry. And he goes to throw it back to me in the seventh. <laughs> and again, he says, back for the play-by-play, -play, here's Bob Baker. Yes, sir. Well, by this point, I'd gained a little bit of, you know, mojo little, little. and confidence. So right there on the air, I said, uh, Frank, I know we just met each other, but I'd like to reintroduce myself. My name is Bob Black, yeah. not Bob Baker. Uh -oh. And he just laughed to start oh, really? as only Frank could do. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, I know another gentleman by the name of Bob Baker, and that's why I called you Bob <laughs> Baker. So the game ends, and at Old Parker Field, the ticket office, you could not see the field. So you sat in the ticket office counting ticket stubs, and you listened to the game on the radio. On the radio. So sure enough, I come down from my first game at Parker Field, and these guys come out of the ticket office at Parker Field, and they're all like, hi, Baker. Hey, <laughs> Baker, let's go get something to eat. 
and Baker became Bakes. They Bakes. got shortened to Bakes. And for the first several years of my existence at Parker Field, I was known as Bakes. You were Bakes. The one guy who still calls me Bakes uh -huh. in this community uh -huh. is the legendary Mike O'Toole. Oh, yes. Who worked in radio at Richmond in, the, in Richmond, and now works at the University of Richmond until his retirement at the end of June. I, I was about to say, Mike's getting ready to hang it up, he isn't is. he? He's wow. had more retirement parties than there are. <laughs> More to come, and nobody's been more deserving than Mike O'Toole of all those retirement parties. But to this day, if I hear the name Bakes in Richmond, I do turn around, and I do know it's coming from Mike O'Toole. You know exactly where it's coming from. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We're going to continue our conversation with the voice of the Richmond Spiders, Bob Black. want to talk a little bit about some of the highlights of his broadcasting career, other than what we just talked about earlier, with you know, specifically with the University of Richmond. But I also want to talk about uh, a little bit of family ties and, and being a dad and watching his son do something pretty remarkable and this is a story you don't want to miss so on the other side we're back with more with the voice of the richmond spiders bob black here live at sports page grill back in just a second here on the Bader, you are in the red zone in the red zone we'll take a short time out we'll be right back so stay tuned to the Mater. Massey Wood and West Incorporated has been servicing the Richmond and surrounding area since 1923. Offering the finest in home heating fuel oil and propane gas, Massey Wood and West is a premier dealer of Heil heating and cooling equipment with professional service and installation of gas or oil furnaces. Heil systems are backed by 100 years of superior engineering and quality manufacturing. Massey Wood and West gives you one-stop shopping for your standby generators, tankless water heaters, gas logs, and Heil equipment. Call today for your heating and cooling needs at 355-1721. That's 355-1721. Massey Wood and West, a premier Heil dealer. When you need printing, you usually need it yesterday. We Think in Ink can't work that quickly, but close. Let Chuck Stoudemire and the folks at We Think in Ink take your printing project and help make your message stand out. We Think in Ink offers quick turnaround and printing you'll be proud to use. Visit We Think in Ink in Ashland right next to the post office at 305 England Street. Let them suggest ideas for your business cards, letterhead, brochures, or business forms. We Think in Ink in Ashland. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-600-9969. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-600-9969. 800-600-9969. That's 800-600-9969. Bottom of the hour, back live, Sports Page Grill in Ashland. Graf, glad to have you with us on this Monday night in the Red Zone. Rob with them, 1029 The Mater. 
102.9 FM, 1430 AM. Fans listening on the TuneIn radio app on Radio R-A-D-I-A-L-L and at the link at part of the RVA. Sports Network, the voice of the Richmond Spiders, Bob Black with us this evening. So, Bob, you, you, we've talked about the early days and you've settled in. You've been a part of Richmond Spiders sports for mm-hmm. now you know, a long time and it's incredible career and you've seen a lot of great things happening. And there are highlights that immediately come to mind, some of which I talked about you did. Uh, as we were introducing you. But there are probably also some other moments that maybe we don't remember as well that you do simply for one reason or another. Kind of take me through uh, the, 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 the growth of and some of the highlights of what you've seen at your time at the University of Richmond. Yeah, there are two of them that come to mind immediately that are a little bit off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. Not really, because they were significant moments. But to your point, you don't put them up there with the national championship in football or the Sweet 16 of uh, games in basketball. Um, one of them was a regular season basketball game in 2004. Jerry Wainwright was our coach at the time. Mm-hmm. And we went to Fog Allen Fieldhouse at Kansas. Oh, that's right. Where I had never been before. Now, I'd still, by 2004, been doing games for 20-plus years. So I didn't think going anywhere was really going to give me boost goosebumps and mm-hmm. chills. And the moment, Rob, I walked into that building, oh. it was phenomenal. Mm. Unbelievable. Like the night before we went in there to do a practice, I snuck around the whole building. Like I was a little kid. I wanted to see every little nook and cranny of Fog Allen Fieldhouse that I possibly could. And wow. then there were students lined up to get tickets for the Richmond game. For the Richmond for game. For the itsy bitsy spiders. They were lining <laughs> up a day ahead of time to get tickets. It's at Fog Allen Fieldhouse for Kansas. Bill Self's first year at mm, Kansas, as a matter of fact. That's right, because Roy had just went to Carolina. Right. And then we went in there and we beat him. So yeah. that really escalated that moment. Tony Dobbins hit the game-winning shot. One of my better calls. Not that I had any really good calls, but that one was one of the better ones. Uh, to be sitting courtside at Fog Allen Fieldhouse, mm. uh, to hear the whole Rock Chalk Jayhawk chant, and all of that is probably the highlight of my time at Richmond, wow. believe it or not. Obviously, a national championship and a Sweet 16, they're right up there. There's no doubt about that. But to play that regular season game, in a year we went to the NCAA tournament, that was a key win, key non-conference win to get the Spiders an at-large bid that year with some of my favorite players of all time on that team. That's one that I point to, obviously, pretty much immediately when I think of my career at Richmond. Wow. And and I had forgotten about that game. Understandably so. But what an incredible moment. You know, and and you just made me think of something else too. You get the blessing and the privilege to get to know so many incredible student athletes, and through the years, I'm sure that you have kept in touch with some of them. Mm-hmm. And here we are with a situation to where well, let's look at the NBA for a second. There's a gentleman by the name of uh, Atkinson, who you know he gets. Obs- Obscurely hired by the Brooklyn Nets, who aren't supposed to do anything, and and but supposed to be in a major rebuilding project, and who makes the playoffs this year? Brooklyn does, and who does it? A Richmond guy's in charge. Well, it's funny you say that. Um, Kenny's been great. He'll text back immediately. Whatever you ask, he will give you some kind of an answer. Wow. He has not forgotten his roots here uh, to Richmond. In fact, when the Spiders have been up there for the Atlantic 10 tournament and to play up there, he has always welcomed them over to their practice facility so they could practice there, meet some of the players, some of the coaches. One of his assistants is a former Spider as well by the name of Chris Fleming on that staff who, who was a great long-range shooter for Richmond. So there's really two of them that are former mm. Spiders on that staff. And... Uh, 
it's funny because most people who know me know not only that I went to Syracuse, but I'm a Philly guy. Yeah. And through and through, I'm a Philadelphia sports fan, whether it's <laughs> the Eagles or the Phillies or the Flyers or the 76ers. Mm-hmm. But I will admit, and I did admit, and I took some heat for this, <laughs> when it was net Sixers in that first round, I was rooting for Brooklyn. Yeah. I'm not ashamed to say it. I'll stand up and say it. I know those guys. Those guys have invited me literally into their homes. Mm-hmm. I have them on speed dial on my text, um, whereas I don't know the Sixers. Yeah. I love the Sixers. Don't get me wrong. So my answer to that question of who are you rooting for between the Nets and the Sixers was, all I know is I'll have a rooting interest in the next round. Yes. Because I'm rooting for whoever wins this series the rest of the way, which turns out to be the Sixers. And I'm fine with that because Brooklyn was ahead of schedule. Yeah. Atkinson will be the first one to tell you that. To win 42 games after 28 the year before, Mm. make the playoffs, win a game in Philly, they're well on their way. He is so well-liked, Rob and so well-respected in Brooklyn and around the NBA. Um, I, it, I'm really proud to be able to, to call him a friend. Wow. Now, before we switch paths, I have one more thing I'd have to ask you. I've never been able to ask you this in 20 years, but the, the paradoxical moment that you had to have in College Park, Maryland in 1991 when Richmond upsets number two seed Syracuse, yep. the 15 seed over the two. Yep. First time that had First ever happened ever, at that right? point. It's now been a half dozen. Uh, I think. Yeah, been, been a few times since. And here you are a Syracuse grad, but you're calling a historic win for the University of Richmond. Um, I was asked that question a lot that week. Like, who are you really rooting for, Bob? <laughs> well, very similar to the Ken Atkinson answer on the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. My answer was the same. I worked for the University of Richmond. If Richmond wins that game, I get to stay yes. at the NCAA tournament courtside for another game. If Richmond loses that game, I go home and watch it on my couch just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. No more so did I ever want Richmond to win a game wow. than that one. Here's the other reason in all seriousness. And John Beeline used to say this a lot when he was our coach here. And, of course, he's gone on to a tremendous Hall of Fame career as well. It kind of validates your existence mm-hmm. when you beat a program that you respect that much or your alma mater, you want them to respect you. You want them to admire what you are doing as well. Not that I had anything to do with us winning the game, but the mere fact that I was part of the program. Never did I want Richmond to win a game more (laughs) than I did Syracuse. Now, if Syracuse had won that game, I'd have been a diehard Syracuse fan the rest of that tournament. But that worked out great. First 15 to beat a two, part of another history-making moment. Um, yeah, I, I was I was all in on the Richmond Spiders. No at doubt. That point. No doubt. Now, Bob is more than a broadcaster. Bob was blessed with two wonderful children, and one of them I got a chance to cover and watch for several years on the baseball diamond between uh, let's see, Mills Godwin High School, American Legion. Yep. And then Post 361. That's right. And I mean, I guys, honest to God, now this is a true story. A Sunday afternoon at Hermitage High School, and I've got my computer, and I'm walking up to cover Post Mechanicsville Post 175, West End Post 361. I walk in. Who's doing? Who's doing the uh, the, <laughs> the announcing over the loudspeaker? It's the legendary Bob Black. I'm like. What are you doing here? He's like, hey, look, right down there. That guy, he's mine. <laughs> then you, he struck out three times, and I'm like, no, he's not mine anymore. That's right. He's not mine today. <laughs> Your son, Will, you got an opportunity as a fan and as a dad to do something just incredible during his time at Roanoke. And here we go, ODAC Connection. We were talking about the Yellow Jackets, yep. top of the hour. They're the one seed, Roanoke. The two, they may see each other before all is said and done here in the next two weeks. Yeah. But tell me about the experience of watching him grow and develop 
and the trip to the College yeah. World Series. I'll, I'll tell you, Rob, it's one of the most gratifying moments of my existence. It's also one of the most grueling moments. Um, I never realized what it was like to be a parent of a student athlete in all the years I was at Richmond until he came through rowing up. My daughter actually rode equestrian at Bridgewater right. and did very, very well there as well. Um, but the baseball thing with Will, um, it was both the most gratifying thing, but also the most gut-wrenching. Because yeah. you, you have no release. You're not a broadcaster no. at that point. You're not a coach. I had coached him in his younger days. You just sit there. And, like, nobody would sit next to me during the Roanoke games because I was obnoxious. You know, I'm wringing my hands. I'm muttering under my breath. All of that. And everything that you imagine a parent, a bad parent being, I was being. And yet I knew better, and yet I couldn't help myself. Uh, and he helped build that program with a senior class of a dozen kids. Matt McGuire has done a terrific job in not rebuilding that program, simply building, building it. that program at Roanoke. And he's a former assistant to Ray Hedger. That's right. At Randolph Macon. And Ray's one of my favorite people. And we've had him on our, our morning show before. And I am rooting for them. I'm rooting for Roanoke. But I'm also now rooting for Randolph Macon. <laughs> I wasn't rooting for Randolph Macon when Will was playing. <laughs> no. Now that he's a couple years removed, I can root uh, honestly um, for both of them. Uh, it was just a tremendous experience. So his senior year, they just squeaked in to the ODAC tournament. That's right. I mean, they needed a tiebreaker on the last day of the regular season to be the sixth and final seeds. As you accurately described, the ODAC has changed its playoff format now. But back when Will was playing, which was just two years ago, it was only 16. six. And they literally, on the last day of the season, needed a tiebreaker just to sneak in as the number six seed. And they went on to win the ODAC championship. They mm -hmm. lost the first game. They went through the loser's bracket all the way through and went it. Won it. They went to the South Regional, lost the first game, went all the way through it, and won it. Went to the College World Series out in Appleton, Wisconsin. One of the great experiences of my life as a non-broadcaster and as a parent. And they did very well. They finished third. He made the all-tournament team for the College World Series that year and finished his career on a brilliant, brilliant high to be able to do that. And here's what I'm most proud of you. I think this is kind of funny. In the last game they played, they were getting beat. Um, by a really powerful team that didn't win it. They actually finished second, but they were down 8-1 to one in the seventh inning. So you knew it was coming. Mm -hmm. And Will threw out a runner in the seventh for the last runner he ever threw out. And with two outs in the ninth, one of the moments I really would have dreaded. I'm looking at the lineup going, please don't make my kid be the last out of, <laughs> of the, the season yeah. in his college career <laughs> let it be a junior or a sophomore you know a kid who's coming back next year right don't let it be my kid as a senior <laughs> and sure enough two outs in the ninth meaningless situation they're down eight to one there's will black there's standing will. between the end of his collegiate career and one last at bat and he hit a ball about as hard as i've ever seen him hit it and lined a single into center field and i was a happy dad <laughs> so the last two memories i have of him are throwing out a runner which is probably what he did best anyway mm -hmm. and getting a base hit to end his collegiate career it was just a fact as you can tell by by you know the way i'm talking to you now it was a, just a moment i'll never forget as a parent well not only that you have just cemented what we talk about here on this show all the time and that is the power of division three athletics oh, love it love it i mean it, it, there's so many kids out there today in this age of social media and whatnot they feel like if i don't have a d1 offer then i'm just i've failed or i they don't understand and i was just talking to somebody else 
talks about this either earlier today or yesterday, the incredible honor that we have here in this part of the country to have such a rich Division Three tradition and opportunity for student athletes to get a quality, high quality education and still continue to get to play the yeah. sport they love. He made that choice on his own. Uh, Matt McGuire had recruited him pretty heavily as soon as Matt had gotten the job. He was the first one to really approach him, and Will stayed loyal to Matt, and he made that choice on his own to go to Roanoke, and thank goodness he did. That's a yeah. tremendous academic school with tremendous people there. Uh, Dr. Maxey, who is their president, had a son who played soccer at Randolph-Macon, <laughs> by the way. So there's another connection, another connection. between Randolph-Macon and Roanoke. And I know I'm on foreign turf here, an enemy turf, <laughs> You're okay. ready to play in lacrosse, <laughs> um, but I am still a Roanoke Maroon through and through, and I will tell you this. One of my favorite um, games was the Roanoke randolph making game because i didn't have to travel very far and it was always a lot of fun until the game started until it started then yes. coach hedrick played no mercy on anybody and beat the crap out of roanoke every time we came up here so i loved coming up here to ashland one of my favorite towns yep. beautiful little ballpark over there yep. and then the game began and, and it was all over it but, was totally different and i'm rooting for randolph making as well just a tremendous pro what a year Randolph-Macon yeah. Athletics has had, I mean, all the way oh. from the fall through the spring. Um, really, congrats to the folks at Randolph-Macon. They've done a tremendous job. You're no, you're no doubt about it. From Jeff Burns, the athletic director, yeah. all the way down, the coaches are all quality, and it's been an amazing Phil year. Don't forget to, my man, yeah, Oh, Phil and my buddy Phil. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Phil, Taylor, the whole gang over there, they do a tremendous job. Yeah, Bob, before I let you go, do want to talk a little bit briefly about kind of the state of, of where University of Richmond Athletics is right now. Just You, you have obviously a, uh, a a vision and understanding of it that very few people do. You see the inner workings, et cetera, et cetera. But just, uh, just from someone that's a fan, if I'm a fan of the University of Richmond, where do, where do you feel like the, the university stands? Where do you see it going from here? Well, we're not where we want to be right now when it comes to our flagship sports. And by that, I mean football and men's and women's basketball. Okay. Our spring sports have done tremendously well this spring. Women's lacrosse just won that's right. the A-10 championship. Both tennises finished second. To our arch rival, VCU, but VCU has been a dominant team in both men's and women's tennis in the Atlantic 10 for a long time. Both tennis teams really did a nice job. Our golf teams have done extremely well. Our cross, women's cross-country team in the fall does very well. But we're not where we want to be with our flagship sports of football and men's and women's basketball. We made a coaching change in women's basketball. Aaron Roussel, right. who has just a remarkable resume from his time at Bucknell, mm -hmm. where he was hired by our current athletic director, John Hart at Bucknell, and now he's hired him to do the same thing here at Richmond. Very engaging, very articulate, very down-to-earth young man who I think is going to do a terrific job here at Richmond with our women's program. On the men's basketball side, obviously there's been all sorts of talk for quite a while now about the, the success that we have not had right. the last couple of years and Coach Mooney and all of that. And John Hart has made the decision, and I think the right decision, to give him more time, okay. whether that's a year or two years. But I think everybody understands there's a sense of urgency now that this program, this team, needs to be back playing for Atlantic 10 championships, um, being in the conversation to win the regular season title, uh, to be in the top four minimally, to make a run in the conference tournament, and to be in the conversation and get an NCAA appearance and get back to the NCAA tournament. I don't think anybody, Rob, is denying any of that, that that needs to happen sooner rather than later. Right. 
for our men's basketball program. And then on the football front, you know, Russ Huseman, only three years in now, but to go four and seven last year was a bitter disappointment to him. And as soon as that William and Mary game ended, which was a win right. for the Spiders, so at least they do have that taste in their mouth of beating their arch rival. Immediately, Russ said, uh, Rob, we're going to change things. Mm. Things are changing around here. This is unacceptable at the University of Richmond, and I'm going to change things. And he's been a man of his word. We've changed four assistant coaches. We've brought in all sorts of FBS transfers. We have a whole new under, undergraduate recruiting class that has come in. They've changed how they practice, when they practice, where they practice. So you're going to see a whole different Richmond football team in the fall. So, again, back to my original point, Rob. I know I'm running on here, but we're not where we want to be. Mm -hmm. We know we're not. We know our fans don't think where we want to be. But let me tell you this. We are trying day in and day out 24-7 to get back to where we want to be. To get back, exactly. And, of course, if you don't hear Bob on the University of Richmond uh, football and men's basketball and uh, uh, Spider TV, good mm -hmm. Lord, the, uh, how have things changed the proliferation this decade of the Internet, the work now with ESPN Plus, yep. and every it's opportunity awesome. that, that, that you guys have to get so many of your sports uh, televised online? It's, it's had to be gratifying. ton of work, but gratifying at the same time. Well, most of that work, uh, as you know, goes to Blake Ellett, our director of Spider TV, Rick Stowe. Yeah. who's been in this market for a long, long time, has been with us now for several years to help. We feel like we're doing a pretty good job of bringing all those video, live video streaming games to our fans and, and most importantly, Rob, to our parents. Yes. Quite frankly, it's not a large group, obviously, but it's a very important group, whether it's field hockey or soccer or tennis, whatever the sport may be. If they don't live in driving distance of Richmond, I can't tell you how, even at the Division Three level, Roanoke, and the ODAC had live video streaming, even in Will's day. What a lifeline that is to be able to watch those games. So we know the importance of it, and we try to provide the best coverage that we can. It has really changed the way you watch college athletics, whether you're at Division Three or at Division One. So we're very proud of what we've done with our live video streaming, and it's only going to get better moving forward. And, of course, Bob has nothing better to do in the morning, so he gets up and goes over to ESPN Richmond and hangs out with a guy by the name of Andrew Wallace uh, for the Black and Drew Sports Settle every weekday morning from 8 until 10. And uh, about a year ago, I was uh, honored with uh, uh, an invitation to come on on Friday mornings and do a segment we call RVA Locals Only, uh, which we spotlight local athletes mm -hmm. at the high school level and other levels as well, uh, which has been a phenomenal time, a fantastic time. Thoroughly enjoy it each and every week and look forward to it every Friday. It puts an exclamation point on our week <laughs> to wrap it up with you on uh, Fridays. And, you know, you weren't in last Friday. We all took that morning off, Andrew and me and Mitchell Bradley, who was here, by the way. You built me up really well. Yeah, I, gotta say, I had a lot of confidence as you were good. introducing me. Excellent. And who walked out the door? <laughs> When I came in, I was Mitchell. With Mitchell and his family. Oh my lord! I'm not quite sure what to make of that, other than he hears me enough during the week. But <laughs> literally, just day. as I sat down to come on the air, he was here with his family and the, and his daughters and his wife and family, and they left. And they left. They left when I came on. Oh, what do you make of that? I don't know. But well, anyway, I'll ask him Friday. Since, right. Since we weren't on Friday, I needed my fix. I needed my Rob with him. RVA locals only. And in that first segment, you gave me everything that I needed to get caught up on the high school scene and on the ODAC scene, which awesome. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, we love having you on Friday mornings. I know our audience does as well. You are absolutely the encyclopedia. What's that, say the youngsters? The encyclopedia <laughs> of high school sports and local college sports in this area. So thank you for being a part of our show. Hey, no problem. That's 99.5, 102.7 FM, 950 on.
the AM dial weekday mornings, 8 until 10, the Black and True Sports Huddle. That Wallace guy ain't bad. When he's there. When he's there, yeah. He, 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 wasn't, there he wasn't there this morning. He wasn't there this morning. He wasn't there this morning. Mitchell wasn't there this morning. They left you hanging. They left me hanging, but oh. we got through it. Somehow we got through it. There so, you go. It's fun. We really enjoyed that. I've had a blast doing that, and I, I thank the folks at U of R all the time for embracing it as well to allow me me to host a generic sports talk show Monday to Friday, which sometimes gets controversial, Rob. Of course. You know, I mean, obviously, like I said, we're not where we want to be. We're losing more games than we want to lose. It does get a little dicey <laughs> from time to time, and they have been nothing but supportive of me being on the air and talking not only Richmond sports, but VCU and Tech and UVA and Washington and all of that. It's really, it's really been a blast. I've really loved it. So that's weekday mornings, 8 to 10, my friends, on ESPN Richmond. We do not mind a little cross-promotion. <laughs> we Bob, will give you the same. I appreciate we will give that. You the same. I do. Bob Black, thank you so much. I have been looking forward to this night for a long time. Me too. It's been fun to come up here. What a great place this is, and what a great spot you have here. And a lot of folks in here enjoying the TVs and watching oh, yeah. the games and eating the great food. I will be back, and I love Ashland. I love coming up here. I just love the feel of this community and, and all that it has to offer. Come on back anytime, my friend. I'll be here. Excellent. Bob Black, the voice of the Richmond Spiders, with us tonight live here in the Red Zone at Sports Break, Page Grill, Ashland. We'll come back for our final segment in just a moment. When we do come back, got some breaking high school baseball news we teased at the top of the hour we'll talk about. We'll look ahead at the week to come. And before we say goodnight, I have a tribute to someone to where, well, let me put it this way. If you live in western Hanover County, uh, your life was touched by this gentleman. You may have been taught by him. If not you, your child, your niece, your nephew. And undoubtedly, you have seen hundreds of photographs through the eyes of Nicholas Liberante. And we'll pay tribute to one of my mentors when we come back in the Red Zone after this. We'll be back with more from the Red Zone after these messages. Massey Wood and West Incorporated has been servicing the Richmond and surrounding areas since 1923. Offering the finest in home heating fuel oil and propane gas, Massey Wood and West is a premier dealer of Heil heating and cooling equipment with professional service and installation of gas or oil furnaces. Heil systems are backed by 100 years of superior engineering and quality manufacturing. Massey Wood and West gives you one-stop shopping for your standby generators, tankless water heaters, gas logs, and Heil equipment. Call today for your heating and cooling needs at 355-1721. That's 355-1721. Massey Wood and West, a premier Heil dealer. In America, the zip code you're born into can determine your future. If this baby was born a couple miles away, his chances of dropping out of school skyrocket. Born five miles farther, his chances of experiencing violent crime rise. But just one town over, his chances at a healthier life improve. At the Y, our programs help all kids thrive, no matter where they're from. Support your local Y at ymca.net slash for a better us. Return to Sports Page Grill Ashland on this Monday night in the Red Zone 1029. The Mater Rob with him. Happy to be with you. So thankful for Bob Black and his time. Very busy man. So much going on. And they're in the midst of wrapping up so many things at the University of Richmond right now as Randolph Macon is right 
down the street. Uh, so for him to take some time to come up and join us, thrilled by it and had a lot of fun. Hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Have a few things we need to talk about on the week ahead here in the area, especially from the high school ranks. This afternoon, number one Benedictine and number two Hanover announced that they are adding a game against each other in their high school baseball schedules one week from tonight. They will play first pitch 7 o'clock at Hanover High School. Now, Benedictine Hanover, they played each other last year. It was also a late addition to the regular season schedule, and it was at Benedictine, a game we broadcast live on the RVA Sports Network online, and it was a phenomenal pitcher's duel, won by the cadets. 2-1 was the final score. So the Hawks will have a chance to get a little bit of revenge. Benedictine won their first 20 games of the season before falling to the Miller School, their first loss of the season late last week. Hanover goes into this week still undefeated, here in this first season under head coach Tyler Kane. And for those of you wondering, well, you know, what happened with Charlie Dragon? Well, he retired, of course, and his son Jack's up at the University of Virginia playing. But I can tell you I have already seen Coach at Hanover Games on multiple occasions, and he's keeping a close eye on the program that he worked so hard for 15 years to build. But that's going to be a huge matchup. So I can tell you next Monday night, the minute we're done here at Sports Page, I'll be flying to Hanover High School to check out the Hawks and the Cadets one versus two, and that'll be a great tune-up for both teams as Hanover gets set for the Region 4B tournament coming up in late May, and of course, Benedictine heads into the Prep League and then the VISAA at the exact same time. Now, this week in the area, some major games going on. Tomorrow night in softball, top 10 battle. The Atley Raiders, who've struggled a little bit this season, they've got a couple of signature wins. They've been struggling a little bit in the county, but this year's been a little different here in Hanover County in terms of uh, how the teams have fared. The Hanover softball team's been the biggest surprise in the area this year. They remain undefeated as we go getting ready into the month of May. They're going to go to Glen Allen and try to take on their sophomore phenom pitcher, Emerson Aiken. And that is coming up tomorrow night. First pitch at 6. Live on the RBA Sports Network Wednesday afternoon at 5. We'll be at Manchester High School. Number one Manchester softball battling number four Lee Davis. So Savannah Henley and Molly Group, two of the best pitchers in the area, will collide. And we'll have that for you on our YouTube channel live at 5 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday night. And then as we look ahead to Friday, I know there's another chance of rain, and I know we haven't been able to get a rivalry night in Hanover County in the way we're supposed to because of Mother Nature all season long, but we're scheduled to have Patrick Henry go to Hanover and Atley go to Lee Davis for baseball, softball, boys and girls soccer. It's senior night for Hanover soccer when the Patriots come in. That is, excuse me, all still scheduled to be coming up on Friday, and of course, if there are any changes due to the weather, we'll keep you posted on Twitter at Hanover Sports. In my final moments tonight, I want to take a moment to pay tribute to a gentleman who has made an impact on thousands of people in Hanover County, specifically the western half of the county, but really all of Hanover County when you think of other work that he did. We lost Nick Liberante last Wednesday at the age of 70. Some of you know that name and know it well because you may have sat under him during his 36-year tenure as an English teacher at Patrick Henry High School. I sat under him for two years, my junior year in English, and I hate to read, but I was so impressed pressed by his teaching, so challenged by the level of his teaching, <clears throat> excuse me, a college professor at a high school level, that I took an advanced novel course my senior year in high school. And I read book after book after book. Why? Because I craved his red pen responses on my papers on those books. Nick Liberante made me a better person, made me a better writer, made me a better thinker, 
and in turn made me a better broadcaster. And then years later, we reunited as co-workers at the former Hanover Herald Progress, and we spent four and a half years together, night after night, planning which games to go to. I would write the stories, he would take the pictures, and his pictures were always incredible. He found the moments in between the moments. You could easily see a play at second. You could easily see where the umpire would call them safer out, but he'd get the picture where the two players were looking up at the umpire, their lives seemingly hanging in the balance. Am I safe? Did I make the tag? He saw things differently than everybody else. And because of that, he's impacted thousands of lives in this area. We laid him to rest today. We will miss him tremendously. And I appreciate what Nicholas Liberante did for me and for so many people here in Hanover County. We'll have a tribute to Nick Liberante in this week's Mechanicsville and Ashland Hanover Locals photo spread and an appreciation article from my friend Dave Lawrence that you do not want to miss. And with that, we bid you a farewell on this Monday night at Sports Page Grill Ashland, back next Monday at 6. Calvin Cecil, thanks for your help. Massey Wood and West, we think in ink. Thanks for your help. And, of course, our friends here at Sports Page Grill. Rob with them saying have a wonderful night, everybody. Good night. In the Red Zone with Rob Witham is a production of WHAN Radio. Our producer is Calvin Cecil. Executive producer is William Roberts. In the Red Zone with Rob Witham is a copyright production of Fifth Estate Broadcasting, LLC. Any rebroadcast or reproduction in part or in whole without the express written consent of Fifth Estate Broadcasting, LLC is strictly prohibited.